0: You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't like cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 261 and I'm calling it measurable progress, measurable success. So I have, I know this because, okay, how do I say this in a way where I make sure I show how grateful I am when people email me about this and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. But at the same time, I don't want to bring another sore spot up with those of you who also struggle with this. Okay. Anyway, so I'm talking about weight loss, um, which I have not been doing at all. Although I do have a little bit of good news there that I'll share in a little bit. Hopefully if I remember, if I'm actually paying attention to my notes anyway, I, somebody emailed me recently and, and gave me this podcast, which I'm not going to recommend yet, but even though I'm really kind of enjoying it, and I have a little bit of hope. Um, but her point was, she said, and, and I'm sure you're listening right now too. Um, that thank you. That um, you know she'd heard me talk about my struggles with weight over the years, and that uh, this podcast that she listens to has helped her. And and the woman like thinks the way I do. I haven't listened to enough to be able to go yes, yes. But I am listening, and I'm like, okay, th- I I really like the way this person is talking. <laughs> And I ordered a salad last night. So, you know, I think I'm cured. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyway, but my my point in that is that I've listened, as I've listened to some of these podcasts, you know, there are parallels and I'm not talking about weight loss in this. Okay. This is not it at all. It's just what made me start thinking about this because there are parallels. There are plenty of parallels where housekeeping and decluttering and weight loss the parallels fall apart. Okay. So there's, there's places where, where it does not carry all the way out. Okay. So where I'm not doing this big, you know, comparison or anything, I'm just saying, this is the jumping off point of me thinking about it. Because as I listen to some of these podcast interviews, you know, there's always this question of how much weight have you lost? Okay. And there's a number that they can give. And it just made me think about, that's one area where this journey is not a parallel, okay? Because you go, okay, well, there's not a number that I can say, okay, well, how much stuff have you decluttered? Well, let me just tell you, you know, and I can give some examples and I can give some stories, but it's not a number like that. And so sometimes I think that, not necessarily I wish there was a number, but I think this ambiguity of being able to measure success in your deslobification process can sometimes, I don't want to say be discouraging, but it can maybe be a little bit frustrating. And what I mean by that is there are times where you can forget where you came from. You can't just go, oh, huh, I remember now I've lost 73 pounds or whatever. Instead, it's a, okay, things are better now right? Like my husband, and I have this discussion a lot, like different things will happen. Or, you know, different conversations will come up. And I'll be like, remember how it used to be? Do you remember, you know, but, but the goal is that it does become your new normal to, you know, make decluttering a lifestyle and to make the dishes, a priority, even though it will never be a mindless habit the way I wished it would have been. Things are different now. And sometimes I have to really remind myself of that. And so I'm going to talk about measuring progress and measuring success, ways to think about it, to help you be encouraged to keep going, because that, that's the goal. And that's where you, that's where we have to be so careful. And to not let ourselves get frustrated over oh, this space is cluttered again. This is hopeless. Why am I even trying? Okay. Because that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not still on the right path. Okay. Because, you know, that's the reality. And I think I've shared this before, but there was a real life person who was super supportive in the beginning of, of my blog. Um, still, still a great friend and everything, but, um, was very, very supportive of what I was doing. And then told me at one point that like, it's not somebody I talk to all the time anyway. But I mean, they were reading every post. And, and I don't mean in the very beginning, because I didn't actually tell anybody about it then. But like, when this person found out what I was doing, and like read everything, and was super supportive. And then finally, uh, you know, we talked a year or two later or something. And they said, yeah, I don't read your blog anymore because, um, it drives me crazy when you show a spot that I thought you'd already dealt with, you know, and, and, and that it did hurt my feelings. I'll just be honest. But at the same time, I get it. Like I get that that's the frustration for a normal person and it's a huge frustration for those of us. So is there any measurable success or progress happening has anything happened? Is it better if that is still something that happens, you know? And so, and I'm just going to tell you that does happen. Like I, I feel like for my target audience, being the people whose brains operate like mine, that's real. That is my reality is that I can have an after picture and then it's a before picture again within a year or two, or sometimes a month. You know, I, I mean, really, there's just certain spots that continue to get recluttered. And and I, I, I do ultimately feel like that's the number one thing I have to offer you guys is to let you know that that can happen. And it does not mean that, oh, well, we throw everything away. Obviously, I've failed. Although throwing everything away would probably be succeeding, right? Whatever. Anyway, um, but you know, that that's what I have to offer you is it's still worth it to keep going. And there is still measurable success, even when you are still having that happen in your house. I am not at the point where that never happens. Do I have more and more spaces over time that don't get recluttered? Yeah, I do. And I'm very thankful for those. But I am still not at the point where decluttering is done. And to be honest, it, we think of it in different ways, but the people whose houses don't get recluttered are actually decluttering. They're actually getting rid of stuff. They may not think of it as decluttering, but I have to think of it as decluttering. Do you know what I mean? Like, even when I just choose to not put something down for the first time and go ahead, like to not temporarily lay something down, but like the minute that I'm done with it, I go ahead and either stick it in the donate box or the trash can in that moment that's actually decluttering. Anyway, that's a tangent, but I'm going to talk about this. So here's the value in having a number that you can rattle off with weight loss. Okay. It's that you have a number to celebrate. There is a number that's a goal to work toward. Okay. These are things that, that we don't have in the dislodification process. Okay. Um, so the, those are two big advantages of a situation, which is not this one, but a situation where there is a specific number that you're working toward. So what percentage are you at for being back to real life? does that even make sense? But I'm pretty sure you know what I mean, right? I mean, we are nowhere near what was normal back in February. (laughs) But now that school has started back, I'm finding I'm having to venture out more often, which means back to real clothes more often. If you're adjusting back to real clothes, you know the value of a comfortable bra that fits well. Third Love bras are especially designed for your perfect fit. Third love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all day comfort and support. Third Love is committed to making bras that are actually comfortable. There's no substitute for comfort, especially when it comes to your bra. With signature details like memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch free band, Third Love creates better bras that focus on what matters, keeping you comfortable, no shortcuts, no substitutions. From modern stripes to lace that actually feels soft, To their number one rated 24 7 classic t shirt bra, check out the exclusive styles at thirdlove.com. And they stand behind their products. If you don't love it, every customer has 60 days to return. Third Love donates all of their gently used returned bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 10% off today. I mean, here's the other thing about numbers is that they feel very concrete, but even those in so many of these types of situations are not really very concrete. I, am um, years and years and years and years ago, I think I was doing it. The first time I did Weight Watchers was right before I started a com. the whole like rock bottom for me and my clutter and everything. And, you know, one of the issues for me was that, Um, wow. I'm just, I'm just opening up today. Anyway, I weigh even more than I look like I weigh. Okay. I did not plan on talking about this, but anyway, like it, and I have, I have a kid like that too. You know, my mom would always say that, you know, when I was a baby, people would be like, Oh, such a cute babe. Cause I was seriously really cute anyway but um like, oh what a cute baby and they'd go to pick me up and they'd be like uh, uh, you know um it has always been an issue like I, and I say and and I I don't look I don't look thin okay I'm not saying that I'm just saying like even even when I have taken the weight off and I'm like super satisfied with how I look and everything the numbers on normal charts, like, it it doesn't match up. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, I can remember I did one of those, have you ever done those water thingies, like a water weighing thing? And the person who did it was like, wow, you have a lot of muscle weight or something like that. And basically, what they meant was, my weight was really, anyway, I guess what I'm saying, I'm totally rambling here. This is, mm, this is awkward. Anyway, but what I'm saying is it is different. It's a different definition for everybody. Okay. So even if you were looking at weight loss and the charts and where you're supposed to be, it's still different for everybody. And I remember that the number that I was supposed to get to, to be a lifetime member of Weight Watchers way back when, you know, that that's the goal. I mean, that was I think the lifetime member just meant you could keep coming, but you didn't have to pay or whatever, as long as you kept in this weight range. And so I wanted to do that. Well, the number that they gave me was a number I had not been at. I, I mean, I couldn't actually ever remember like having weighed myself at a time when I was actually that number, like so for my height and everything. Um, And when I was absolutely at my, I mean, I looked good when I got married, you know, And I I was just like, there is no way I can and it was like 1520 pounds lower than that, you know, so I actually went to my doctor and we talked about it. And, and he gave me a different number, because that was the way you could could do this is have this doctor recommended number, and that could be your number. But I guess my point is, even numbers. So like, you know, it's an ambiguous thought of this, when do you reach success? You know, I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times in my um, business journey of what I do here, you know, of having a podcast and having books and having, um, you know, a blog and all these different things that I do to make this crazy thing I do on the internet, my actual job, um, how many times you go, okay, well, if I could just reach this number then that will mean success. Well, I mean, maybe it's just human nature, and it's probably a bad thing. But in some ways, it's like, okay, well, you know, now I I kind of look at that number and I go, well, that was ridiculous to think that was going to be the end. You know, I mean, like, anyway, so I I guess I'm just saying even numbers can be very ambiguous and subjective. All right, here we go. So how do you measure decluttering or home maintenance success? First, is it important? Yes, it's important. But only what works for you and what motivates you to keep going. Okay, that is key right here. And, And that's the same thing, with weight loss for a lot of people, you know, some people are like, throw away the scale only go by, you know, how your clothes fit or how you feel and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, all those things, everybody's correct. Like whatever works for you is the thing that's correct. Cause then there's other people who are like, you have to weigh yourself every single day and blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, so, I mean, it's all these different definitions of markers of what it means to, you know, be successful. The goal of it is to keep you motivated Okay. And so that's what we're talking about today is which of these things actually keep you motivated because if it doesn't keep you motivated, then it's not one that works for you. Okay. Then it's not a good measure of success. Um, I will say quarantine has been really hard on me. I'm just going to tell you, I think I've honestly, I don't know exactly what I was when I started, but I am pretty sure I have gained at least 30 pounds during quarantine. Wow. I know it's, it's, it's bad ice cream anyway, whatever. So, um, you know, and I get, I get real discouraged over it and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that has scared me was my blood pressure. I had never had actual like physical (laughs) other than just, you know, whatever the number on the scale, but like, I'd never had like actual, like, Oh wow, this is really affecting your health. And then I had, um, high blood pressure reading, actually right at the beginning of quarantines before I even gained the weight. So it was really scaring me, but I will say that, um, you know, I've been working in my yard and, um, according to my Apple watch, that's a real workout. Anyway, what I've been doing, the digging and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I went to the dentist, which freaked me out Corona wise, like uh, whatever. Anyway, I don't know. How do y'all feel about that? Like for real, I actually want to know how you feel about going to the dentist during Corona, because I mean, all these precautions. And yet I just found myself going, I think I'm not going to do this until everything's eradicated because this is freaking me out so much. Um, but, uh, I went and they took my blood pressure and it was down like significantly still in the range where I need to get it down even more. But I went, Oh, okay. This is a measure of success. Like this is a measure that. I've actually achieved something like something that had been weighing on my mind of stressing me out that my blood pressure was high and it had never been high in my life. And then, you know, I've been doing this pretty much daily exercise and I have an actual thing to measure that. So that has really inspired me and encouraged me to keep going. Okay. So that's the goal here is what actually inspires you and keeps you going. Because you got to be careful about great ideas that backfire. So let me give some examples of some things that I know people do on this decluttering and everything journey. And I think that that is, as long as it keeps you going, great. But then we're going to talk about how it sometimes can cause a problem. <laughs> okay, so sometimes uh, I know there are a lot of people because I mean, people tell me and I think it's amazing, but who count the number of items that they declutter. I think that if it gets you going, that's an amazing measurable thing. And maybe that's a personality type that really needs to actually know the numbers. Some people will weigh the items that they have that need to leave. A lot of people like to have, um, habit tracker kind of stuff where, um, you know, they check off a box every day that they do such and such. As long as those things work for you, that's great but you do want to watch for how sometimes, and this is me talking for me personally, how this works. Sometimes that can backfire because there are some things I just know wouldn't work for me. Um, but th- you know, the counting, if counting inspires you and you keep going, then that's what you should do. But if you find yourself going, well, that's a really small item. Does that really count as one? Well, should I, uh, should I, Okay, maybe if I have four items that are that small, then I could count that as one. Well, do I count the stuff that I put in the trash? Because I know Dana calls getting rid of trash decluttering. But uh, is that do you see what's happening there? Is your brain is starting to go off on all the stuff that does not technically move you forward. Okay? If writing down at the number of items that you have decluttered, if counting them as you go is easy for you and the number sticks in your head and you don't go, oh, wait, I started thinking about something else. Hold on. Okay. Now I got to empty out my donate box and recount. If, if you find yourself as you're trying to measure these different things coming to a point where you're actually going backwards, that's where you need to say, okay, this is not a unit of measurement That will work for me because the goal is always to move forward. Okay, does that make sense? If you are so proud of yourself that you checked off every box on your habit tracker page that you printed out, that's amazing. But if you get to the end of that habit tracker page and you go, okay, I'm gonna go do the dishes because I've been checking it off every single day, and then you realize, oh, I've already used up that page. And then you go, oh, I need to remember what the file is called that I printed that from so I can re find it. And then I need to print it. Oh, and I'm out of printer paper. And for if for some reason that becomes a reason that you decide not to do the dishes, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but y'all, that would be me. Where you're like, well, I don't want to do the dishes if I can't check it off a thing. So I'm going to go tomorrow and I'm going to get some more printer paper. I'm going to order more printer paper off Amazon. And then you don't actually do the dishes. That's where these things can get out of control. So it has to be something that works for you. Um, you know, let's say that you did a donate box that, you know, you used a box that came from Amazon and that donate box happens to be of a size or a shape that doesn't, go on your scale in a way that you can actually see what the number was. And so then you find yourself repacking it into smaller box, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you have to be careful of. So only if it actually works and moves you, moves you forward. So those are some ideas. But the reason I brought up those first is, are they things that keep you moving forward? This episode is sponsored by Box. Y'all know I love having meat in the freezer. As long as my freezer's stocked, I know I can put together a meal for my family. When it comes to meat, quality matters, but not everyone, as I know well, has access to high quality meat. I can get very overwhelmed looking at all the options at the store, searching for what's the very best. So ButcherBox takes away that stress and makes high quality meat so much more accessible. I mean, it shows up right on my doorstep, already divided up, packaged, frozen, I can just stick it straight into my freezer. ButcherBox is a no-brainer. It is the best meat shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocery store. They have options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com slob. That's butcherbox.com slob. Let's talk about one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. 2020 is weird and stressful and honestly, a lot of us are struggling with mental health. Thankfully, there's better help. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home in a safe and private online environment. That means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has US licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, it's not a crisis line. So we're all unique. We have varied challenges. Through BetterHelp, you have access to broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can check out testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash clean. Here, here's the number one way that I recommend that you measure success that with the goal being to prove to yourself that you have succeeded. Y'all know what I'm going to say, right? And to be able to look back at it, if you choose to and go, okay, that was worth my time, which means that now that I have this amount of time, it's worth it to me to keep working on this and other space. And that is before and after pictures with the key being before pictures. I, I mean, Make the progress and that's fine. And don't stop because you didn't take a before picture. Take it before picture at whatever point you think of it, even if it's in the middle. But y'all, those before pictures are such a great way to remind yourself, to prove to yourself that you really did something. Like you really made an impact. You made a difference in this space. Um, And the beauty of taking before and after pictures with a smartphone is that there's a timestamp on those pictures. And so I don't have to set a timer. I can go, oh, well, you know, wow, I didn't make much progress, but it looks a little better. And then I look and I go, oh, I only worked for you know, three minutes. Wow, well, three minutes. Yeah, that's a lot of different, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a measurable, a, a, a way to measure the success. It just kind of takes care of itself in that. And mentally, that helps a lot. Um, My favorite thing uh, for measuring success. And I when I say this, I don't mean that I actually track it and keep it written down in a notebook how many I do. But anytime I fill up a suburban load, meaning like the back of my suburban is filled with donate boxes and I go drop that off. Like that is such an amazing feeling. And I have a lot of pictures that I don't even share with you guys where I will just take that picture just because sometimes I feel like, Hey, I don't need to share another one and another one and another one. It's like, Oh, okay. Here's another picture of the back of her suburban with all this stuff in it. Um, when I see that, like when I look at my Suburban and go, wow, that is packed full, or even just it's packed ish. And I go drop it off. And that stuff all leaves my suburb Suburban and I leave with an mostly empty Suburban. I, I mean, that is measurable success. I mean, I can in my head, I can think back and go, okay, once some donation places opened back up again, during all this you know, lockdown and quarantine or whatever we're calling it um, pandemic, who knows? Um, in that time I can go, okay, well, I took two loads to that place and one load to that place and one load to that place. Okay. You know, and I mean, I can measure it and I can count it and go, wow, I, I, that's a lot of stuff that has left my house. Do I know exactly, well, this used to be in that pile and now it's gone. No, but I know those were suburban loads that left my house. Um, and honestly along with that another measurable success honestly for me was taking one tiny load so my son had um some doctor's appointments and um and and they were like over the course of of time and so we had to go back maybe twice i don't remember anyway but i had looked up a goodwill that was open And I had dropped off a huge load of stuff. Well, then he had another appointment there after a period of time. And I went, Oh, I'm going back to that same place. And there's that Goodwill that's just right near it. Oh, I need to make a donation. And I looked in my garage and I was like, Oh, I really don't have a whole suburban load. And for some reason in my brain, I was like, Oh, I guess I should wait until I have more stuff to donate. And then I went, no, this is what normal people do. They donate one or two boxes at a time. Like that's how they keep their houses free of clutter is they actually get rid of stuff and they don't wait until the whole garage is full of clutter before the, you know, anyway, so I, um, I took that, you know, you guys, I was so proud of myself and that was measurable success. Like getting to a point where I actually made a drop off and it was not a huge drop off made me feel like, okay, I've kind of arrived and achieved something. Other things, um, look for milestones. Like, look for milestones and acknowledge milestones. Now, here's one I want to be careful with you is to know that a lot of times this is you having to do this. Okay. It's not necessarily, don't wait for other people to notice a milestone. Don't wait for other people in your house to go, Oh, wow just acknowledge them for yourself. And when you have this moment where, wow, that was easier than it used to be. Take a moment and say, I have made progress. That is measurable progress because of this. Okay. So some milestones are inviting someone over with minimal notice and stress. I mean, this is something that I hear from you guys and it gives me so much joy. And I mean, People will tell me these stories that to someone who doesn't necessarily understand what we all go through, they might not understand what a big deal it is. Y'all, I do understand what a big deal it is. Some of my favorite stories to get are people saying, I didn't hedge and um, come up with excuses when this family member needed to come over, or, you know, such and such needed a place to meet. Now, this is all weird right now because of pandemic and all that kind of stuff. I get it. But I'm just saying, real acknowledging when what a big deal it is for you to volunteer your home or to not panic when somebody, you know, your friend is driving by and their kid needs to go to the bathroom and they knock on your door and ask, is there any way we could use your bathroom? acknowledge when you're not panicked over that. Okay. Now, some of you are sitting there panicking because you've had the opposite moment. Okay. And those are not fun. And I've been through that too, where I've hidden, or I've let somebody come in and thought, Oh my goodness, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Now they're going to know. But in the moments where you do have success, those Negative feelings the other times are going to give you even more of a positive feeling this time. And I want you to acknowledge it and embrace it and say, I have come a long way that I could do that because there was a time where I never could have done that. Now, it might be hit or miss whether I could do that. But the fact that this time was a hit, that's measurable success. Okay. Another milestone is when you do a five minute pickup, either just you or as a family And the house looks pretty much fine after five minutes, or maybe it looks fine after four minutes. And you're like, Oh, what do I do for this last minute? Take moments like that. And remember that for a lot of us, there was a time where doing a five minute pickup seems like there was no point because the house was a total disaster. Like, we're doing a five minute pickup was okay. Well, I did five minutes. I guess it's better. Okay. That's where a before and after picture would have been helpful, but acknowledge when, wow, a five minute pickup really did make a huge impact on this house. And um, for me, honestly, I still, okay. If, if you're new here and you're like, wait, this woman has somebody come in and clean her house. Yes, I do. It, I didn't for the first seven years, but it was, It was one of those business things, honestly. I had this goal of when I make this amount of money at some point, I am going to hire someone to clean for me. Anyway, so I do. I have someone come in every other week. Um, and I have lots of podcasts where I talk about how that's not the magical solution that you think it is, but also, you know, anyway, the realities of that and how to get ready for it and how do you know that you're at that point. There's lots of podcasts on that blog post, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but I will tell you that that's especially right now with um, not having just any events or people in our home for social reasons. I think it was last Thursday when she came and I was just walking around picking stuff up and I had the kids do a five minute pickup and the house was ready. And it was like, I try to take a moment to acknowledge and let it sink in what a big deal it is for me to not be frantically running around, literally sweating buckets, panicked, watching the clock for when she's going to get here to try to get the house to the point where she can come. Okay. Like it's a big deal that it's like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we have to go through the house. We have to make sure this is done and pick, make sure everything's picked up, but it's not frantic. The fact that it's not frantic is measurable success. And so taking a moment to acknowledge that and realize that is important. A miles, another milestone is when you go to do a decluttering project and it turns out that all you needed to do was pick stuff up and put it away. Okay. Like you're done after step two of the decluttering process, meaning you do the trash and you do the easy stuff, which is stuff that has an established home somewhere else in the house. It's just not there for whatever reason you do those two things. And you're like, Oh, this space is back to normal. y'all. that's that's what normal people do. Okay, they pick up and they put away. So it's so easy for those of us who've always struggled with clutter and whose spaces have gotten recluttered so much to look at a space and go, Oh my goodness, it's back to the way it was before. It's probably not, especially if it has only been a week or two weeks or a month. Okay, since you decluttered it, it's probably just some stuff that randomly got put down there. Okay. And so when you tackle that space, here we go again. Okay. Let me remove the trash. Let me do the easy step. Oh, it's done. That moment that, oh, that right there is a milestone. And I want you to acknowledge that milestone and say, this is measurable success in my home. Doors that close. (laughs) if you're new here, you just realized what you've gotten yourselves into. No, I mean, for real drawers that close cabinet doors that used to not close that close y'all measure that and call it success. Okay. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that your life is easier. Acknowledge that take those moments. Um, a usable room that used to not be usable, a space you know, for me, I still, and I don't think about it very often, but sometimes, especially when we have a moment where it's like, Oh, I'm so glad we have this room in our house. If you guys followed the blog, I mean, this was way back before I even did the podcast, but I had a room, um, and it's, it's a second living area. And when we first moved into this house, 14 years ago, it was my eBay room. And so it really was not even usable. There's a little half bath in the in there that we didn't use for several years when we first moved here because it was blocked. You couldn't get to it because of all my eBay stuff that I had. So it was my eBay room, but it was, it's a second living area, you guys. I mean, like there is, anyway, so I decluttered it and I honestly, literally, I was going to say I felt like, but I actually did add so much square footage to my home by taking the storage part out of that it was no longer a storage room. It's actually a usable room. And it's it's morphed and it's grown. And you know, I talk about I think in how to manage your home without losing your mind. I think it's that one it might be, be decluttering at the speed of life my other book, but I'm not sure. In one of those books, at least I talk about that room because it used to have, I used to call it my game room slash office slash guest room, you know, and over time, thanks to the advice of blog readers, as I was working on that room, um, I realized, okay, I need to define this room and call it our game room, you know, call it the room, it's basically a second living area, as opposed to even though it still functions as technically a place where guests can kind of have their own space. But I still will have moments where I stop and think, wait a minute, this room used to not be usable. Like, you know, we have a New Year's Eve party and all the kids who are now teenagers who are now turning into adults, they hang out in that room. That's their room. Do you know how lovely that is for them and for the, I guess we're all adults now getting to be, um, but, and the old, old people, us old people, you know, I mean, it's lovely to have that as a separate room. And so I have to stop and I go, that is a milestone it has been at least a decade that that room has been usable in my home. And for years, it was not usable. It did not exist as a usable space in my home. That's huge. And so even though it's been time, I will remind even when I start to get frustrated with things. And you know, it feels like things are closing in, there's a pile of clutter in that corner. And there I go, I have made progress and knowing that I've made progress inspires me to know that I can make progress and I can continue making progress. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Um, having dinner at the table without it being some big deal of clearing off a whole bunch of stuff, even if it's for the week after you cleared off a whole bunch of stuff, whatever, when you sit down at the dinner table, I know for me as a mama that's what makes my heart I, I mean that's where I my heart is at peace is when I am around the dinner table with my family <sighs> and to go this is a milestone this is measurable success because there was a time in our life now realistically because that was priority for me, it wasn't necessarily that we did not eat at the table because we did especially when they were little we eat, in front of the TV more now that they're older, even though I try to make sure it's around the table as often as we can, which is not as often as we can. Cause we don't ever have to sit in front of the TV and eat, but whatever, you know what I mean? Um, so it was a priority. However, every time that it's easy, it's just a matter of moving this and that and wiping that little spot, just the fact that it's easier to eat off the table or that the whole table is clear. And it's not a pile of stuff over here in this one seat that isn't taken out of our six seat table. Yeah, you know, I mean, like every time that happens to go, that was easier. I have achieved this goal, this thing that's really important to me. And it wasn't so stressful because of the work that I've done. Having free space to do a craft project, using your favorite coffee cup five days in a row. Y'all, that's something that makes my heart go. Oh, oh, it's clean again. Oh, it's clean again. Oh, it's clean again. That is something that makes me be able to say, okay, I've used this cup, my favorite cuppy cup-y cough. My favorite cuppy cough I have used. Mm-hmm. Yep, because that is <laughs> whatever. My favorite coffee cup. When I use it multiple days in a row, it makes me go, I get to use it every day because I do my dishes. And then it reminds me, there was a time when I didn't know it was my my favorite coffee cup, because I always used up all my dishes before I did them. And so I never got to use the same coffee cup enough to realize this one's my favorite, you know, um, clean underwear, not being a surprise. That's the beauty of those of us who have struggled and who continue to struggle is we can appreciate small things like, I can pretty much guarantee you that there is always going to be clean underwear in my drawer and in my husband's drawer and in my kids drawers. Like it's not something I have to worry about. And so when I get to pull out a pair of clean underwear, which is every single day, because that's the way it should be. It's like, Oh yeah. Now do I every single day think about how I'm grateful for that? No, but I think about it more often than I should because I remember the times where that was never a guarantee. Okay. And it was always a digging through the pile of clean laundry on the couch, hoping that I was eventually going to come upon a pair of clean underwear. Um, guilt-free and hassle-free baking or crafting. Did I already say crafting? Um, here's one finding something in the first place where you look for it because you've decluttered and you followed the first decluttering question, which is, If I needed this, where would I look for it first and putting it there right now, which means that when you look for something, it's in the first place where you look for it. Guys, as someone who that used to never happen to me, I used to, you know, basically have to tear my house apart for any random thing that I was looking for. It's a big deal. Like, and I still go, Oh, that's satisfying. I think it's probably satisfying for super organized people too. And that's the reason that they, you know, know where everything is and they enjoy organizing. But I mean, really, it's like, Oh, it worked. Oh, that's measurable, measurable success, which then gives you more confidence and desire to go through other stuff, declutter other spaces. Got it. Okay. Um, all right. Now, two other things before we go that I just want to point out real quickly is like one of the best mindset changes and commitments that you can make to get yourself to the point where you can measure success, actually measure success instead of feel like, uh, it's just eluding you all the time and never anything's you know success isn't actually happening um, is to not stuff shift I had a major stuff shifting repercussions let's say from years and years and years and years ago like back my kids were itty bitty and one of them is humongous now um. And another one who's not humongous, but he's over six feet tall. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like my kids are adult size now. So, and this was when they were little bitty. I can remember doing this. You know, I talked about my gardening and stuff like that in a recent episode. And um, one of the things I did was the lady who had lived here before, I mean, the whole backyard was all these, like, there was a flower bed in the middle of the yard, and our kids were little. And so we took it out. Um, and so there were these rocks like really nice. I mean, they're nice. People pay money for these rocks to make their flower beds prettier and stuff. Anyway, there was a ton of them. And I think I had my little boys carry them to this spot on the side of my house. And I think I thought I was somehow going to, I think, I think I just couldn't get rid of them. Okay. And I thought, well, maybe if we ever use them, I'll just put them in that spot. Cause we never really go there. Obviously, at least 12, 13 years later, we've still never done anything with those. And I had actually thought about them a couple of times and thought, huh, I haven't seen that pile in a while. (laughs) Well, it's because it had combined with dirt and trees had grown through it and blah, blah, blah. So as I've been digging out in my flower beds, trying to get some of these rogue little trees that have popped up over the years, when I'm trying to get those out, I came upon that pile of decorative rocks that I had simply stuff shifted. I knew I didn't want them in my backyard, but I didn't want to get rid of them. But obviously, I had no actual purpose for them because it's been a decade plus and they never got used, even though I did know where they were. They made my life so much harder today in the last couple of days. Because not only am I digging, every time I try to dig, I go, "Eh," okay, it hits some sort of a rock or whatever paving stone kind of stuff is there because it was kind of a combination of things. But you know, I hit that and then I have to dig that out. And I have to pick that up, which is heavy. So it's just made my life a whole lot harder. You're only truly going to experience decluttering success when the stuff leaves your home, not when you shift it to another space. That doesn't mean you can't keep anything, but you only keep the things that pass the two decluttering questions test. Okay. There are podcasts on the two decluttering questions and they're in the books and they're on the blog and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but my point is, if you are feeling like you're working, 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 and nothing is getting better, and you can't see any measurable success, consider the fact that you might be stuff shifting. Because if you just take stuff that has no place in your home, and move it from this one spot where it was a pile and didn't belong and stick it in another spot where it's a pile and it doesn't belong. That's not decluttering. I'm Sorry. I thought I was decluttering, but I was stuff shifting. Okay, I thought I was decluttering to get those rocks and stones out of my backyard. But I wasn't, I was just stuff shifting, which is always eventually going to come back to bite me like it has this week. Okay. The other thing too, the best measurable success, which is hard to grasp and pin down because you can't predict it and you can't know how far away it is necessarily. But it's reaching your clutter threshold, okay? I have other podcasts where I talk about clutter threshold. I talk about on the blog and the books. I know I keep saying that, but we're covering a lot of different things that the other 260 podcasts have covered. Um, And today we're talking about how to measure that work. That is what all those other 260 podcasts are about, anyway. But your clutter threshold is the point at which you personally only have as much stuff in your house as you can personally easily keep under control. Okay. So it's not how much stuff drives you crazy. It's how much can you keep under control? And so you can't predict it. You can't determine it and then work toward it. You just start decluttering. If your house is feeling out of control, start getting stuff out of your house. Okay, go with the stuff that's obvious and easy first, don't go with the most emotional stuff, or the stuff that you really hem and haw and wake up in the middle of the night thinking about go with what's easy, just get things that you don't need that don't belong in your house out of there. And as you do that, you will come to a point where you go, Oh, wait, my house is staying under control a whole lot more easily. Like it's not looking like an explosion all the time. Or when it does look like an explosion, I can actually get it back to looking pretty decent within, you know, a short period of time, as opposed to take two weeks off of work and focus on your house. Um, so your clutter threshold is the best way to measure success. Okay. And it's, it's an intangible. And so that makes it difficult, but at the same time, it's like your clothes fitting. Okay. And I'll tell you, I can live in denial Over clothes fitting. I can be like, oh, it looks okay. And then I'm not sucking in anymore. And I'm like, oh, wow, that shirt that used to be really big is barely even okay to wear in public now, you know, that kind of thing. And and that's kind of an intangible, like with stretchy clothes. (laughs) But looking for your clutter threshold, acknowledging your clutter threshold, asking yourself, is my house easier to keep under control than it used to be when I first started all this? Okay. Is this one space or this one room or whatever in my home staying under control more consistently? Is that because of decluttering or habits that I have implemented into my house? Okay, makes sense. Okay, I think I'm going to call that it. I do want to remind you guys, if you are listening to this in real time, meaning you're listening to it. I think this comes out on the September 10th of 2020. Okay, I'm not saying this till now because only my best people listen to the very end which I guess most of you do, I don't know, whatever. Uh, But I just want to remind you that Get Organized HQ starts on Monday. My session is the very first session. And with the free pass, you have 24 hours to watch a session for free, okay, using your free pass. So that means mine is Monday morning, September 14th, 2020. So if you would like to sign up for your free pass, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash HQ. And that has my affiliate link. The reason I want you to use my affiliate link is just in case, um, you end up deciding, wow, this is extremely helpful. And I'd like to have all the time in the world to, um, have access to all of these sessions. Cause there's a, almost an actual literal million sessions, but, um, that's why I only tell you about mine because you know, you don't need all of those, but if you find it so helpful that you decide to buy the actual pass, um, then I get, um, that's how I get to call this thing my job. Uh, anyway, so that's why I want you to use my affiliate link. The other thing too, to know is that, uh, my session is overcoming the emotional either struggles or challenges, but doesn't matter of organizing. Uh, that's me. That's what I'm talking about. And mine is the very first session on the 14th. So if you want to do that, you need to get signed up for that. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.